Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for us at keyword World Talk Radio. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Get ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Hello, Power Partners, and welcome to the Hour of Power at Star Style. Be the star you are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are the Stella Donna Goddess Gals with you every week, bringing you inspiration and motivation and probably perspiration (laughs) because we do put a lot of work and effort into the show. So today's Miracle Moment is Years May Wrinkle Your Skin, but to give up enthusiasm wrinkles the soul. And that <laughs> is by an educator, a writer, and a poet from the 1800s, Samuel Olflin. So we always kind of think, Heather, that, you know, here in this century, we are coming up with all these great, uh, great quotes. But the reality is so many of the good ones are from quite a while ago. So I like to emulate that. Well, today's show, we are going to be focusing on a few different things. Uh, We're going to be talking about Facebook, college admissions, the language of flowers, and then Melanie Notkin is going to be joining us with her new book, Savvy Auntie, for all of those women who want to be the best aunt ever. And you are here with us on a sunny day here in California. Well, I should say in Northern California. Is it sunny in San Diego? It actually is. We had a big rainstorm earlier this week, and today is just gorgeous. I know. It is the craziest thing. We have had um, last week, it was really hot, and then last Friday, it got cold. We've had terrible, cold, rainy, stormy weather for a full week, and today it is gorgeous. So, you know, we really learned to appreciate those wonderful Really, those those nice days. Well, Heather and I have talked about social networking quite a bit on the air before, but I still think it is a very important topic, especially when it comes to our young people who have grown up with the Internet and grown up with Facebook and Twitter and, and the different MySpace and the different social networking sites. 
it used to be when a student applied to college, they would apply to one, two, or three colleges, and they would get either an acceptance or a rejection letter. And then the colleges would expect that they're going to be attending. That is not the case anymore. People now apply to numerous colleges, and they kind of wait to get all the different answers before they decide which college they're going to go to. But what the interesting thing that's been happening, and I think this is why we wanted to talk about it today, is that there are dangers out there in social networking sites because... Many submissions to, like, uh, especially graduate schools and medical schools, the admissions officers start looking at the social networking sites when they get down to the wire and they decide which students they want in their college. So let's talk about this, Heather, how it can help you or it can hinder you. I don't think you want to be posting your your drunken brawls on your Facebook page, even if it's a private page, if you are trying to get into school. (laughs) Yeah, well, Facebook, it is a public entity. And so really you should kind of think of if if, uh, everything that you post is going to end up on the front page of the paper. And even when there are all these privacy settings, um, you can still have access to it. I know myself, I've learned that way of, I'm thinking I've set things to private, and they're constantly, you'll see in the news, is, is in a way to, because Facebook, in, in, in essence, is free for people, but you ever wonder why there's all these ads on there, and why whenever you say, I, I really like listening to rock music, all of a sudden your side your side ads are coupons and things for that band that you like, and oh my God, this is so crazy. It's because right they're on, selling, boy, you hit it on the nail. They they yeah, know exactly what you're talking about because they're selling those things because they type in, you know, they're connecting it to. That's why everything. It isn't a coincidence. Your your information is being sold to these companies. These companies of why Facebook is such a multi million million dollar thing is because people pay money to have ads on there. And they're able to go through and access your information. That's why a lot of times you click on things and ask uh, your permission. By you clicking on that, now you kind of open yourself up. So one thing that's important to do, just as you Google those colleges, as you Google the places you want to work for, Google your own name every now and then. See what comes up. A lot of times your Facebook will come up, your MySpace, any personal accounts. Click on those of seeing of when you're not logged in, of what kind of access to that page do you get. Um, you'll be surprised at how much you are actually able to look at. I did that once of me not being logged in and looking at it and being like, wow, I can see pictures. Some stuff had been sent to private, but pictures and postings. Um, and it's simple as you need to go in and set your your settings to different things to have more privacy. Um, but for the most part, people are unaware of how open um, their Facebook is. And just think of how if you're able to kind of lurk other people up and lurk up, you know, Google up other people. So are these potential schools as well as businesses. They want to know what is associated with this, um, with their name. We're seeing, you know, a lot of times in today's media with political people, um, they always say, you know, going into politics, you have to make sure that closet is pretty clean because people will find every, you know, so past things from far, far long ago. Um, so schools or potential employers, um, they don't want your name associated with them that could possibly, you know, if you had had a conviction or, you know, something that you really don't want people to know about, if there's the potential, it could be surfaced and now it could be associated with your school or with your business 
they want to make sure of that. So they're going to do their own uh, their own research into that. And, and well, I have I, a question here before you go on, Heather. And if everything that I read about Facebook, and I've been taking quite a few social networking classes lately, three or four in the last couple of weeks, yeah. just trying trying to understand it all a little bit more. And what I'm finding is that Facebook changes the rules all the time. So mm-hmm. you might think that you've got it at private, and then they decide to unprivatize it for however many days until you figure it out. And that's what's scary. And so the other thing I was going to say, and I want to get your opinion on this, is even, here's what I wonder, is if, for example, let's say that Susie Q has hers private. It can only be her friends. But she decides to friend me where I have everyone. Mine is, if you go to Facebook forward slash Cynthia Bryan, it's about the radio show, it's about the charity, it's about gardening, it's all about, you know, business endeavors, and I'm not posting anything weird on it. But if Susie Q posts, says something to me, is she now available to everybody that can see my site? So that was a question I haven't been able yeah, to get to the yes, bottom of. Yes, yes and no. See, there's so many things people constantly have to go in and change these settings because they keep making new updates. And whatever, you know, that new update thing deactivates certain things. And, and it's all legal and it's all fine because they're making something new, which now changes the wording. Um, yes and no. It makes someone that maybe prior before wouldn't be able to, you couldn't look them up. Um, but now someone could see them on their page and say, oh, gosh, who, Suzy Q, I think I went to school with Suzy Q. You click on Suzy Q and now you can see various aspects of the pages. Um, you know, that's, that's a big thing of everyone's things are set differently. Um, so I'm not unaware of how much information you could then see on CZQs. But now she is available to be looked and searched. And a lot of times you'll see that people you may know or, um, you know, the little aspects of them or see their friendship or click on pictures of them. Um, and and, I would, and yeah. that's the problem, I think, because if somebody really wanted to dig deeper, they could just keep clicking along until they find whatever it is that they're looking for. And oh. so I, that's where I think that young people have to be, well, every, yeah. anybody who's in the job market or everybody she has to be careful. But one thing that has been suggested is if you are trying to get into a particular school, let's just say that you want to be a writer or you want to you know, major in English, maybe what you should do is you should... Uh, Po- you know, be part of a site that's posting some of your articles so that when you are Googled or you are searched, your name comes up with writing. Or if you're into music, maybe you want to post some of your music clips. Or if volunteering uh, before a charity is your deal, then you want to post links to the charity or to an article that was written in the press about what you did. So the bottom line from my perspective is is you can up your ante to get the right job as well as to get into the school of your choice if you look professional as opposed to just, you know, some person that's out there having fun all the time. Exactly. I mean, I feel a big thing is don't post anything you wouldn't feel comfortable um, discussing at, you know, a lunch in the runs room like with your, your colleagues. And that's, that's one thing. Great too. advice. Um, you know, sometimes people post pictures from parties. And that's, also another thing is, you may be trying to clean up your name, but you can't. You have to worry that sometimes people associate you with who you associate with. So if you're hanging, you may be an up, you know, great citizen, but you may hang out with, you know, some thuggy bad people. 
um, just because, you know, they're your friends. So you have to be careful of what your friends post on your pages. So go through, delete any comments that they say are inappropriate or pictures, you know, untag yourself from pictures. Also, in um, in your postings, never... Um, never say something, you know, illegal or admitting to a crime. We've, the people, you know, there's been instances where someone worked at a grocery store and, you know, had jokingly admitted about taking grocery or taking something and getting caught for that, whether it's even jokingly. Just realize if you know how to Google, if you know how to use Facebook, so does law enforcement, so does, um, you know, schools. And that stuff stays there forever, the stuff potentially that that could come back in um, up in court or something that, you know, you said – I hope, you know, I hope she died. Even if you're saying you were joking, be so cautious about what goes up there. Um, again, you know, raising your privacy settings. Just always assume something potential could leak out. Um, I recently this week, and it, it turned out in a humorous thing, had a credit card scare and was afraid that there was fraudulent charges being made against me. And um, it got brought to my attention that, gosh, if they have your credit card, they could have your Social Security. And I kind of went in this big tizzy. It was all far false alarm, but a big way, too, is a lot of times your birth date is associated. Excuse me, your birth date is up there. People can do a lot of information by having your full name and your birth date, and a lot of time on those Facebooks, it says where you're located. I'm living in San Diego, and my birthday is XYZ, and this is my name, and I went to this school. That is a lot of information, a lot of private information. A lot of times when applying for credit cards, when applying for certain things, but those are the things they ask you. What's your mother's maiden name? Where, uh, where is your hometown? What is your date of birth? What's your dog's name? Personal security codes that, that they ask you are a lot of those, just those little tell me about yourself that are on Facebook. So be really cautious about that stuff. If you're going to have your birthday, maybe just have the day and month. Don't give the year. Don't, um, you know, don't put where you're working that complex because sometimes your work employers may look that up and if they see you're posting, you know, out, you may not be doing anything on company's time, but outside of work, you may be partying and doing all these things that that could show up that now their, your work doesn't want your out, your extracurricular activities associated with them. As well you know, as I think that's a, that is a really, really good tip. I think that the, idea of not posting your birthday, maybe just even making up a completely different date because no, why does anybody need that information? Your friends, if you want your friends to know what your birthday is, they'll know, you know, but I don't think you need the whole world. I think that personal safety is really critical these days and it's. Yeah, no. And, and another thing too, on a professional level, I think a lot of times um, there is that hard line of drawing of, having a Facebook, having friends of what do you do, you know, when the boss or someone, you know, a, a professional person wants to be friends with you or family members. I recommend, you know, in those cases, really just separate that stuff that if you don't, you know, if you're afraid, you don't, you don't want your colleagues judge you or you're afraid that they may see things that your friends have posted and you don't want to be constantly watching over your shoulder, maybe have separate accounts. Maybe you have, you know, two things. One, that you have a different name with it. It has just your friends. And then you have another one that is purely for work that's showing a professionalism. Um, that way you're not burning anyone of them feeling offended of, you know, why why wouldn't you want to friend them? Because even then when you can politely um, tell people, you know, oh, I'm trying to keep work and um, friends separate, even in saying that in polite way, it can sometimes come off offensive and that now someone that may think that they have a work friendship or 
or was maybe wanted to friend you because they want they to put you in good, good connections with other people may take that in an offensive matter. So I recommend that you know if you're in a work setting that has the potential for um, you know Facebooking or or other uh, social media to maybe have separate accounts and in that separate account I know people that use totally a fictitious I and mean, a character from a book or a movie and it's not right you can have an you can have an avatar can't you i mean you can just make an avatar that that it's very much it's still their life but it's more have who they are outside of work it's that who they are with their friends that person that they don't have to worry about and their friends are where hey you know i'm using suzy q as my name just so i can keep something um just for you know for work-wise for professional so they don't have to worry about um you know Spring break 2006 to come back and haunt me now that I'm going for this upscale job. Well, um, and I think you hit it on the nail, is that a lot of things that we do, you know, when we're young and invincible and immortal, we, we I don't want to say we regret, but we might be a bit embarrassed, you know, when we're a little bit older and a little bit more responsible. So as we wind it up, I just want to suggest one other thing. Consider building your own website. You can make it really simple, but this way you can show some of your computer skills or your graphic design talents or you can put your own spin, you know, on something that's important. So wrap it up for us, Heather. Yeah, and, and just as you were saying before, if you want to get to any of our links, if you want to be friends with us on Facebook, um, or you just want to get involved even more with the social media or, or even more involved with the great charity, um, go to bethestarur.org, bethestarur.com, as well as carmonyclutches.com, both with a K, and all of those websites have various links uh, to all of the radio station, uh, the books, the charity, um, just various ways you can get involved with us. And That's social right, media and all our social networking well. sites are on there, but you're not going to find us posting anything negative except for I am angry that the all the health insurance rates are going up, and I will stand firm <laughs> on that. We're going to do a show on it. In any case, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. Stay with us. We have more to come, and it's always fun. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you have a voicemail strategy? Well, voicemail is part of our business and personal culture today. So before you call someone, prepare the message that you wish to leave. Always state your full name, the name of your company, a complete message, and your return telephone number. Never assume that the person will know you by your first name only and never say, oh, you already have my number. If you wish to receive a return phone call, state the reason why clearly. It is a busy time. People have a lot to do. If it's a sales call, leave a business benefit that you will provide. It's been my experience that it's best to repeat your phone number at the end of the message just in case calls are being picked up from a cell phone or the person couldn't understand you the first time. Think before speaking and make voicemail your best communication tool. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan. 
from Star Style with another business bite. For more information and business tools, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you so much for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and to listen. We are a show about following your heart, living your dreams, doing what you love. It's champagne for the spirit. Brought to you under the auspices of Be The Star You Are charity and produced by Star Style Production. My purpose has always been to provide you this radio show to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the producer, the writer, the director, and the star of your own life. We want you to be the star you are. We like you to smile, have fun, and be willing to be wild and wacky. And, of course, we want you to read some good books. We try to bring you authors that are not only best-selling authors and well-known, but some books that you may not have known about that will really augment your library, enhance your spirit, help your kids to learn and to read, and to increase literacy, as well as to have books just for your other family members, and for women. I am the author of six books, Be the Star You Are, Be the Star You Are for Teens, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, The Business of Show Business, Miracle Moments, and The Blessings of Family and Relationships. So we hope that you will pick up an autographed copy. The money does go to the charity. Our motto is to be a leader, you must be a reader. And you can buy the books at Be the Star You Are. Dot com. Well, this past weekend, we had a, a terrible weather here in Northern California, but we had over 44 volunteers of Be The Star You Are that participated in the Moraga Community Fair, and we did a car wash. And despite the fact that the weather was rather inclement and it started raining shortly after the car wash was over, we had many cars that we worked on and we had a great time and we thank everyone who participated. We thank our uh, donors, Osh and Keegan Productions and More Productions and the Star Service that uh, allowed us to do our car wash there. If my voice sounds a bit scratchy, it's I'm kind of fighting something this week. I think that being, I don't know, everybody was a little bit sick, <laughs> and then the weather didn't really help. 
but it was a good time and it was for a good cause. If you want to get involved in Be The Star You Are, you can send an email, info at bethestarur.org. There are a lot of programs for you to participate in. We do work with uh, court-appointed young people as well. And the only thing we ask is that you give us a little bit of notice before you need to have your paperwork signed. It seems that we always get a call about an hour before they have to be in court. And since all of us are volunteers, we can't just drop everything and run to the office to sign papers. And, uh, And then, of course, we have to talk with the courts, too. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about it. Go to bethestarur.org. And today I want to talk about going back into the garden a little bit more because as you all know, this is a, a gardening is one of my passions. It is something that I do to actually earn money. I work as a garden consultant and I'm a garden writer and it's also just something that I've, I've always loved and I really want to bring gardening to you. I write a column called Digging Deep with Cynthia Bryan and, of course, was the co-author of the New York Times bestseller Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul. But I started thinking after I watched the uh, marriage of Kate and Will recently, the Dutch and Duchess of Cambridge, the Prince and Princess, about the language of flowers when I saw her small shield-shaped bouquet. And I thought this would make a really good episode for you to learn a little bit about what languages are saying. Now, Park Benjamin once said that flowers are love's truest language, and I couldn't agree more. There is an emotion that we can express through all the flowers. Well, it was gallantry, happiness, purity, fidelity, and marriage were the unspoken words that were voiced from the bouquet that Kate Middleton carried as she wed Prince William at Westminster Abbey. The ivy symbolized marriage. The myrtle symbolized fidelity. Lily of the valley was happiness and purity. And sweet William wasn't just because he was named William, but sweet William stands for gallantry. So I found that to be quite a fitting combination for a royal roundup. Interestingly, uh, the lily of the valley, although it's very fragrant and very pretty little bells, it's quite poisonous. So you don't want to eat any part of it at all. But flowers have a language all their own. And the name of this language is called floriography, the language of flowers. And it might be a dying art form of of coded communication, but there's still a simplicity and a beauty in expressing it through flowers. So when you use herbs, plants, trees, or flowers to say something, this is an interesting and heralds back to uh, roots in and you know ancient um, ancient times. In fact, flowers have been used throughout the ages as an informal messaging system. In Greece. Bridesmaids created posies as thank you gifts from nature for the bride, the groom, and the families. And then historical journals indicate that Anthony and Cleopatra consummated their love on a bed of one inches of fragrant red roses, and the red roses symbolizing symbolizing eternal love. And then in the 17th century, illiterate Turkish concubines communicated with one another 
by giving meaning to various flowers and then sharing the blossoms with each other. And in that way, they could speak their mind without their owners, you know, unfortunately, they were slaves, knowing what they were thinking. And then Europeans became fascinated with the idea of the language of flowers when writer Larry Mary Wortley, she was a woman who introduced the Turkish inoculation, variolation, against smallpox into the Western uh, medicine. She was the wife of the British ambassador to Constantinople, and she wrote about this discovery of the secret language of flowers between the women in the Ottoman Empire. Then, a little bit later on, Le Langage des Fleurs, which was a small reference book, was published in 1819 by Louise Cortembert. She, she actually wrote under the nom de plume de Madame Charlotte de la Tour, and she became popular, and this became a very popular book of the time. And then following that, from 1837 through 1901, you can probably guess whose reign this was. This was Queen Victoria of England. It was a time of very puritanical propriety, and the language of flowers flourished. Floriography was discreet, and it was a simpler method to literally say it with flowers than with words. So there were nosegays, which are fragrant flyer, flowers that literally mean to keep the nose happy. In other words, they smelled good so your nose was happy. Posies, these were small bouquets of sweet-smelling flowers, and they usually wore these posies around the head or they attached them to the bodice. The fun ones were tussie mussies. This was a symbolic flower fashion that accessorized your outfits. It was usually wrapped in lace and tied with satin ribbon or a ganza. And then there were all kinds of sachets, which were perfumed bags. And these, to me, are as appropriate in the 21st century as they were in the 19th century. So it doesn't matter what it is that you want to celebrate, whether it is a wedding, what would be appropriate for a wedding? Well, calla lilies, asters, roses, forget-me-nots, gardenias, orchids, jasmine, peonies, ivy, violets. Those are colorful cryptograms to ensure a long, loving, happy marriage. But what about graduation season is coming up? What if you wanted to just say congratulations? Well, how about sunflowers? Or uh, if you gave the herb basil, that's for best wishes. If you want to admire someone, you give Heather. Uh, it was one of the reasons I named Heather Heather. I, I, I admire her. Sage is for wisdom and ferns are for sincerity. So you can see that the vocabulary of flowers is quite large. So whenever you want to speak to someone without talking, you could take a walk around your garden and you can find the perfect floral words. Now, I created a simplified flower speak dictionary of my own favorite flowers that and trees and herbs and blossoms that are growing in my garden. And these are called from years of gardening lore to help you plant the sensations you wish to express in your next bouquet. And if you're interested in receiving a list, all you have to do is send me an email to Cynthia at star-style.com and I will send you this language of flower, my own personal version. And it doesn't matter whether you want to express appreciation, love, sympathy, friendship, fascination. There is a plant to help you share your feelings 
and express those explicit emotions. So I'm going to just give you a few of them, and some of them I think you'll be uh, shocked at. So allium, which is in the onion family, the meaning behind an allium, and by the way, the blossoms are beautiful. You can get white and beautiful purple, great big pom-poms. They symbolize patience. If you give almond blossoms from the almond tree, it symbolizes hope. If you give amaranth, it symbolizes immortality. Now, who wouldn't want to live forever? The amaryllis is pride. So it could be that you're really proud of someone. So those amaryllis are those beautiful big flowers. A lot of people grow them around the holiday time. Actually, mine are blooming now, so you can grow them at any time. Anemone means forsaken. So that one's a little bit on the sadder side. Angelica is for inspiration. Anthurium, which is, I love this Hawaiian plant. It means that something's really heartfelt. If you want to give a power plant, like a plant that would be good for this show, would be Artismia, which is, uh, it celebrates power. Now, the aster is also for love. There's many flowers that are for love. The astilbe is a sign that I'm waiting. Bachelor button, it's for celibacy. So you don't want to have somebody in your life, give them some bachelor buttons. <laughs> Bay leaf would be faithfulness. And if you want to express your gratitude, you would give a bellflower. If you want things to be just and honest, you know, and fair, black-eyed Susan. Those are really easy to grow. If you're looking for a lot of money, it's the buttercup. Now, buttercups grow wild, and those are those lovely little flowers that when we were children we would hold under our nose and it would turn our nose yellow. But you want money? You need to have a bouquet of buttercups. If you want to be really elegant, it's the bleeding heart. It's a spring flower, gorgeous, but it, but it only blooms in the spring and very lacy leaves to it. Caladiums mean delight. Now, if someone has died and you want to send a remembrance, you would give calendulas, which are also known as, as pot marigolds. If you want to show magnificent beauty, it's the calla lily, and that's often used in wedding bouquets because it just symbolizes the beauty. When you are talking about learning or excellence, it would be the camellia, which is a wonderful shade plant and blooms for long, long periods of time. Now, carnations can have lots of different meanings, but if you have a striped carnation, it means regrets. If you have a white carnation, you're symbolizing remember me. Cherry blossoms, I like this one a lot because we always say that chivalry is dead. Well, if you give chivalry, I mean, if you give cherry blossoms, it is not dead. If you want to show respect, you would give a daffodil. Dahlias are for dignity. Daisies are plain old friendship. Forget-me-nots are true love. And if you've ever grown forget-me-nots, you know what those mean. Because as they go to seed, they stick to everything. Uh, mock orange is for brotherly love, whereas moss would be maternal love. Mistletoe, we know, is kisses and love. Nasturgeum is strength um, and patriotism. And the oleander... Oh, that's beware. Remember, it is a poisonous plant. Uh, the, another warning plant is the rhododendron. I don't know why that's warning. I think it's beautiful. Now, a quick thing about roses. Roses can symbolize just about anything. Love, friendship, grace. 
But they can also symbolize, depends on how many you give. For example, a red rose implies passionate love, whereas a crimson rose means you're in mourning. And a fresh white rose speaks of innocence and purity, while a dried white rose, tonight's death, uh, is preferable to the loss of virtue. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. And then if you give 10 roses, it means you're perfect. 13 roses means let's be friends forever. 15 roses says, I'm sorry. 24 means I uh, want to be yours forever. But 25 just says congratulations. So I guess you better count your flowers. So with the language of flowers, you can have an entire conversation without uttering a word. So I hope that you'll learn about the, the language of flowers. Have a little bit of fun with it. And the next bouquet you give, make sure you are saying what you really mean. Well, when we come back from break, we are going to be talking to Melanie Nockin. She has written this wonderful ultimate guide for ants called Savvy Auntie. Everything you ever wanted to know about being an ant. Stay with me. I am Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming right back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Bethestarur.org. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, it's so great that you stay with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, and every week, Be the Star You Are showcases incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity that is dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy and positive message programming like this radio show. So please go to be the star you are.org, make a donation, 
keep the show on the air and keep people happy with the books and resources that we donate to them. Well, about 50% of American women don't have children, but they love and support moms and other kids. Melanie Notkin is one of these ladies who wrote a blog called Savvy Auntie that has been made into a book to help every person who loves kids know exactly what to expect, what to do, how to do it, and how to enjoy every single moment. Well, welcome, Melanie, to Star Style. Be the star you are. I'm so happy to be here. Well, how fun is this? I mean, did you ever think that when your little nephew was born and you started blogging about it and created this web community that it would turn into this mega, mega social networking site and success and a book deal and the whole nine yards? You know, it was amazing. I, you know, my my mid to late 30s, I'm now 42, I wasn't happy. My life was was great on the outside. I was a pretty senior corporate executive flying back and forth to Paris, working for a global beauty company. Um, but I, I wasn't, and I'm still not married, and, and I choose to wait for love before having children, and I don't have children of my own. And I was tired of of feeling like my life was in the negative, that I wasn't married, I wasn't a mom, I was childless. And instead I turned my life around and I said, I am childful. I choose to have these children in my life, the children I am aunt to by relation and the children I'm aunt to by choice. And I think that that is what, you know, to your point about the, the data from the U.S. Census that says that nearly 50% of American women don't have children. And, and by the way, in 1976, that was only 35%. And the number has been growing year after year, decade after decade. And to, to for us to think that we are less than because we don't have children was, is just not good for anybody. It's not good for us. It's not good for the parents. It's not good for the children. It's not good for the nation. So I started to empower myself, and then I began to empower the community. And I think to answer your question, that is what's driving the, the great, thank God, the great success of the Savvy Anti-Movement. Well, I just applaud you, Melanie, because I love it when somebody takes something that they're looking at as a negative and turns it into an opportunity and a positive. And you are so right. I say I am a huge believer that not every person is meant to have children. And there are so many children that that are so deserving of love and, and family and all of this. And how great it is that we can be an auntie, that we can be part of their lives, and you have really shown the way. You talk about the pink. Tell us what a pink is. I love all your little, you know, you came up with so many fun things in here. And and when, before you answer that, I just want to say, you look like you're about 18. I mean, hello. <laughs> I think we all want to look like like you when we're 42. I mean, I can only Thank imagine you. when you're 180, you're going to finally look 50 or something. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I think, you know, happiness has a lot to do with that. Um, but, but to your question, you know, Pank is professional and no kids, you know, because Savvy Angie is really sort of as we talk about ourselves from from the, our daily experience, um, but but from a marketing standpoint, as a business standpoint, because after all, I, I am creating a, a business. Marketers can look at this incredible group of women who are extraordinarily influential in, in the economy, these professional ants, no kids. There are very few stay-at-home ants, although we did find some. 
Um, but there are very few women who don't have children of their own, who don't have careers and jobs, etc. And so marketers can now turn to these women and say, we, we know you actually want to know what the, the latest movie that's, you know, rated PG to take your nieces and nephew to is. We, you know, we know you want to know the coolest toys you can buy them for the holidays. So, in fact, you know, it, it's actually wonderful because now marketers, whether it's Tropicana, Disney, Hasbro, Scholastic, Hallmark, they can now, through me, through these platforms, reach these, reach these amazing women, and they're actually welcoming it. And there, it really wasn't available before. I do think that so many people looked at, you know, that they were just kind of the extra. They were excited to be an aunt, but they didn't really know how to respond. And what you've done with your a book, Savvy Auntie, and Auntie uh, which is the ultimate guide for cool aunts, great aunts, godmothers, and all women who love kids, as well as your social networking uh, sites, is to give a platform for everyone to say, you know, I'm okay, and I'm doing great, and I have a lot of love to give, and, you know, you can, as you said with the business part, you can help me give it if you just tell me what I need to do. <laughs> right, exactly. Just give me the tools. Give me the resources. I realized when my nephew was born that there were no modern resources for the cosmopolitan aunt. I felt more like Carrie Bradshaw than old, you know, old Aunt Sadie. Yes. So I wanted those resources in the book, but the book isn't fluff. You know, it's not just about smiling at a child. It's, I went to, for instance, Dr. Rosemary Truglio, who's the vice president of education and research for, at the Sesame Workshop, to find out how we can help develop the minds and, and the motor dexterity and everything about our nieces and nephews. And she looked me straight in the eyes and she said, Melanie, you're already doing it. The quality time you spend with a child helps them do that. When you play with them, when you spend as careful attention to them, when you give them a bath, you're teaching them science, what sinks, what floats, when you're baking with them, that's math and science. And so um, we have now, I've now dubbed this time qual ante time, this very special time where an ant is not mis, 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 you know, taking time away from the quotidian things that the parents are, are obligated to do. It's just pure qual ante time, which is wonderful. Well, and I want to say something about the book too is it doesn't, it's, this isn't a book just for ants or for women. I think this is a book for anyone who wants to spend time with a child and know how to react and how to be there for the parents. You yeah. have just, it, I mean, this is just as great for, for the uncles, you know, that you call, you have the, the, you can call them that, or for just friends, or even for a mom-to-be. You have a really great information on what to expect at every, at every moment throughout the pregnancy. Thank you. What, what happens, you know, after the birth, even how to support the moms and if they go through the, you know, the the blues or the postpartum depression and, and how to step out of the way. So you've done just a really fabulous job. It's really filled with research and lots of other people weighing in. Plus, you've got all these great, great um the antipedias and all yes. these cute. I like love the, the way you the, the auntie news is the first time and. Yes. And the benevolent is the very generous aunt, and the bon vivant is the adventurous fantasy, the one who travels all around the world and brings back fantastic things for her nieces and nephews. Yes, there are which a was, lot of those Which words. was you, right? That was you, traveling to Paris, buying these me. wonderful yes. things. Yes, yeah. 
but the real value, the real important things they didn't know, the things that they were interested in, they didn't care about, you know, uh, beautiful clothing from France when they were two. They wanted me to know about Dora the Explorer, which I was clueless about. (laughs) Right, and this is what you've written here, and it is all about the time, and it it isn't about, you know, it's, it's like we have to give kids roots and wings, not trinkets and things. Right, and, so, and it's true that ants do give trinkets and things. And you know what? That's okay. That's fair game. We do it. We always say, ask a parent before you buy something big. Don't buy a big non-collapsible tent for their Manhattan apartment. We get that. But, you know, really, the, every boo-boo we kiss, every hug we give, every little hand we hold is a gift. And ants should also be appreciated. And that's the whole theme of it. Anthood is a gift. And that's why I wrote the book. The gift is a book for the ants. We're part of the family village, and everything we give is a choice, is a gift. And we should all be honored and all be celebrated for helping to to rear the children um, in the family. Well, we're talking to author Melanie Notkin, and her book is Savvy Auntie. And she also is... Has been named what? What you were like named in the one of the top ten power women in social media social by media, uh, yeah. Shine Yahoo. I mean, hello, that's so great. She has a really popular web community at SalviAunty.com, and this is just a terrific book. When I I read it cover to cover, I read every book cover to cover. But as I was reading it, I was thinking, I really wish that somebody in my family or one of my friends didn't have kids, so that I would have a Salvi Auntie like you. <laughs> uh, well, you know, and it's not just the and by relation, of course. It's the end by choice. It's, right. it's any woman in a child's life, not their own. Sometimes it's just a neighbor who's there for a couple of years, and, and for that, those couple of years, a child's life has a really positive influence and impact. And, you know, and you, I think you just hit, the, hit something that's important. And you're right, is there are people that come in and out of our lives, and sometimes it is for a short time, but when your children connect with them and love them, it's so important. I know that uh, I've had that experience with my kids in having other, other people that, they didn't call themselves savvy aunties, but we actually would call them Ma and Pa, and this, you know, we'd give them, we'd mm-hmm. give them mother and dad names. Sure. And the thing was, is my feeling was, is the more love there is in the world, the better for everyone. So Absolutely. there's plenty of love to go around. No now, child one, has ever suffered from too much love. No, you're exactly right. And one thing, there was a, a, a part in the book that I loved, loved, because that was the gardener in me, that you had the savvy antidotes for common ailments. Yeah. And those are, those are really good. I just want to applaud you because these are things that um, have been used for, down, for centuries. You have one for fever where you put a raw onion, you cut a couple of chunks and you put it uh, at their feet. You know, in yes. their sock. Yes. It, it, it really works. It really works, too. I want to tell you. And the ear infection, I just remember when I was a little girl, of my, we're Italian, and my mom would pour a little bit of warm olive oil in our ears, and then she actually stuck a clove of garlic in the ear because it, would, it was like an antibiotic that would pull out the, the um, infection or whatever. And I've always done that, too, and still to this day, I do it for myself. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. you know, we, we try to incorporate all sorts of things in the book. So whatever type of aunt you are, 
Well, whatever you feel is your lifestyle and the parents' lifestyle because their lifestyle comes first. So if they're an organic home, then, you know, you should you should make sure that when the children in your care, they're, they're served organic foods, et cetera. But, yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's something in the book for for everyone, and, and I'm really proud of that. Oh, you know, it was, how long did it take you to work on this? I mean, I, I'd love to know a little bit more, and I know our listeners would too, about the journey. So you became an aunt. I mean, you were this high-powered businesswoman. You're still a high-powered businesswoman. Now you're an entrepreneur and yeah. creating your own thing. But you're working for major cosmetic companies, New York Times things. I mean, really big stuff, traveling all the time. And then you become an aunt. Did You created this. How long did it take to really uh, build up and you know what was your motivation there did you just feel as you said at the top of the hour there that there wasn't the resources and you just yeah. wanted to do it I realized the moment my nephew was born that there was no badge of honor for the aunt. You know, the mom, the mom at the very least had the baby. Right. <laughs> my, right. my life had completely changed and I had nothing to show for it. And, you know, so I knew that moment. And when he was about two years old, he turned to me and thankfully in front of witnesses and said, Auntie Melanie, we're family. And that moment, that bond was, oh, he got it. He knew I'm not just some fly-by-night woman in his life, that I'm there. And just like his parents, I will love him unconditionally and forever. And so that was important. And it was then that I started to think about this. But I was still very comfortable in my New York City cosmopolitan lifestyle. And it wasn't until... Uh, the summer of 2007, when I was thinking about really what did I want to do next as I was approaching 40 and really thinking, you know, there must be something else I could do beyond moving from one corporate office to another. And that's when I really came, came to this idea for SavvyNT.com, the first community for, for cool aunts, great aunts, godmothers, and all women who love kids, which later became um, a nominee for a Webby Award, which was truly an honor. And it was actually just over a year later that, that after the launch in 2008 that HarperCollins approached me to write this book. So it was just such an incredible thing. And then by, by, by Christmas time of 2009, we were, we were signing the deal. And by January, I was, you know, sleeves rolled up at my laptop and doing the research and typing away. And they got the, uh, the manuscript at the end of the summer. And here we are. Here we are. And how do you feel now? Because to me, this is a Cinderella story. And I, I think it, it's on so many levels. First of all, it's a wonderful, wonderful gift. As you say, you know, Savvy Auntie, the ultimate guide for the cool aunts, great aunts, godmothers, and all women, and those who love kids. Of course, this is a, it's great now that you're an author. But also on other levels, the fact that being an entrepreneur, you successfully can, showed others that, you know, life isn't just the corporate world, that we can live our dreams or create a dream in another, in another vision. And that's what I think is amazing, too, of what you did, is that you had what, you had the life of most everybody's dreams, sure. you know, I mean, really, I mean, I'm sure you meet people and they go, oh my gosh, how could you give up this great life? But now I, I imagine you are equally as happy, if not more happy, oh, because happier. I, you're really you making did- a difference. You, when you when you are, are you know when you've got a great career, you're, I would say you're dipping your toe into your potential. But when you really let go and you surrender and you take that risk and you just say, "I'm going for it," that's when you begin to even learn what your potential is. 
I had no idea that I'd be good on television or that I could write a book or that I'd be able to connect with people and get 44,000 fans on Facebook. That I'd That's amazing. Type of, I mean, it's great, right? So until you, you know, we, we tend to dip our toe in and say, well, that feels kind of warm. Okay, I'm good. It feels nice and warm. But when you really jump in, right. that's when you only then do you begin to realize your potential. And, and I, I really agree. quite amazing. We say that here at Be The Star You Are. We, we have three rules. Smile, have fun, and be wild and crazy. And the wild and crazy doesn't mean being goofy. It means going out on that limb, mm-hmm. taking a risk because that's where the fruit is. And it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard to jump in, especially when you don't know if you're going to have a paycheck or what's going to happen. But until you do it, you'll never know. And you'll live with the what ifs and the regrets. And nobody wants to do that. Well, let's get you some more as uh, you need more than 44,000. Let's get <laughs> it up to 100,000. So <laughs> let's Thank give you. out your website and and, of course, uh, people can connect with you on Facebook and Twitter. But it's SaviAunti.com. That's S-A-V-V-Y-A-U-N-T-I-E. And yep. the author is Melanie Notkin, N-O-T-K-I-N. And the book, Savvy Auntie. And, of course, she wants you to go out and buy it. It's available everywhere. It's available and you- on Barnes & Nobles nationally. But you know what? At Amazon.com, BarnesAndNoble.com, Borders.com, any indie bookstore.com, you can get it. Immediately, I know that some stores are already running out of them. So if people want it now, go online and pick it up and and get and you know what? And if you're a mom and 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 you can be a mom and an aunt as well. But if you're if you really want this for your um, friend, just go and and just give her just show her randomly that you love her and that you appreciate her. And Auntie's Day, the third annual Auntie's Day, is this July twenty fourth. So that's a great way to celebrate the end in your child's life and to celebrate yourself if you're the savvy auntie. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Melanie, for joining us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Savvy auntie, a great gift book for every woman in your life because we all want to be a savvy auntie. Thank you, Melanie, for being here with us. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, and thanks to your listeners. Thank you. You've been listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, and I thank you for being with us. Stay tuned for more right here on World Talk Radio, and I'll be with you again next week. Go out into the day, make it a great one, and be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then... Be the star you are. You.